Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. President Trump caught on tape, renewing questions about what he knew and when about hush payments to a Playboy model. Plus, Vladimir Putin gets an invitation to the White House and the director of national intelligence doesn't even get a heads up. And President Trump breaks yet another presidential norm. This is the State of America tonight. I always liked Michael. Are you? And he's a good person. I protect Mr. Trump. Michael Cohen secretly recorded a conversation that he had uh, with Donald Trump. The two men uh, in this phone conversation discussed payments to a former Playboy model. Vladimir Putin is coming to the White House in the fall. Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) The top spy in the United States, he doesn't know? How is that possible? Because the president he works for is Donald J. Trump. That's the reason. Getting along with President Putin is a positive, not a negative. I put a very good man in the Fed. I don't necessarily agree with it because he's raising interest rates. So somebody would say, oh, maybe you shouldn't say that as a president. I couldn't care less what they say. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. Lordy, there really are tapes. No, not of the not the tapes that former FBI Director James Comey said that he hoped for. Remember this? I very carefully chose the words. And look, I, I've seen the tweet about tapes. Lordy, I hope there are tapes. Lordy, we're still waiting on that one. But, Lordy, the tapes we're talking about now are tapes of a phone call between Donald Trump and his longtime personal attorney, Michael Cohen. CNN has confirmed, as the New York Times first reported, that the FBI has possession of a phone call that Michael Cohen taped with then-candidate Donald Trump just weeks before the 2016 election. The topic? A possible hush payment to a former Playboy model, Karen McDougal, who says she had a long-term affair with Donald Trump. The discussion appeared to be about an additional payment um, for her silence. Uh, Apparently on the audio, uh, you can hear uh, Mr. Trump saying that it should be done uh, through a check, meaning and not by cash. To be clear, this is a separate payment from the $130,000 that Cohen made and Trump repaid to porn star Stormy Daniels during the election. Yes, it is sometimes a challenge to keep track. The recordings are part of a trove of information taken during the FBI raid on Cohen's office, apartment and residence early this year. Federal prosecutors are investigating Michael Cohen for a variety of crimes related to these payments. Uh, campaign finance violations, uh, potential bank fraud. Here we have the president of the United States having conversations with Michael Cohen about a matter that is the subject of a federal criminal investigation. You know, the question at this point is what other recordings and what other evidence is there of his involvement and knowledge in these payments? Did Donald Trump know he was on tape at the time? His attorney his new attorney, tells CNN he did not. So Donald Trump is getting a surprise he may not like, and someone else 
is getting a surprise that he may not like. The director of national intelligence, Dan Coats. Yes, the same director of national intelligence that the president called out in Helsinki. Coats caught completely off guard by the White House announcement that President Trump has invited Russian President Vladimir Putin to visit the White House this fall. The difference between the Coats surprise and the Trump surprise, well, pretty much everything, including the fact that Coates' surprise was broadcast to the world in real time. He literally found out about the invite in the middle of a live interview. The White House has announced on Twitter that Vladimir Putin is coming to the White House in the fall. Say that again. <laughs> you, Vladimir Putin coming Did I to hear the... You? Did I hear you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be special. (laughs) (laughs) Funny, that's the same thing I say every day I step on set. Regardless, that special invitation comes after a week where the president publicly undercut Coates and the rest of the the intelligence team at several turns, saying he had confidence in both sides, as in U.S. intelligence and Vladimir Putin when it comes to U.S. election interference. And it appears the Trump-Putin summit part two isn't the only thing that Coates was left out of the loop on. I don't know what happened in that meeting. Um, uh, I think uh, as time goes by, and the president has already mentioned some things that happened in that meeting, I think we will learn more. But that is the president's prerogative. Um, uh, If he had asked me uh, how that ought to... uh, be conducted, I would have suggested a different way, but that's not my role. That's not my job. So um, uh, it is what it is. And what it is, according to a former Republican chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, is a bad sign. This is a significant problem if your director of national intelligence, who coordinates all of the information flowing through all of the intelligence agencies, doesn't know what happened in the meeting, which means there was no agenda to try to accomplish and then no debriefing on what they could or couldn't accomplish in that meeting. All of that. For a week that started with a press conference that even Republicans called a disaster, a clarification that required two other clarifications, the last thing you might expect is someone saying, let's do it again. Democrats today describing the Putin invite a little differently. Most Americans, when they have their home broken into, they upgrade their security system. They don't invite the burglar over for dinner. And the president shouldn't let Vladimir Putin take a victory lap in the Rose Garden. Well, the last time Putin was anywhere near that Rose Garden was back in 2001 with President George W. Bush. A different time, especially just being post 9-11, a different president and a different agenda. But one former U.S. ambassador to Russia says this conversation could still be worthwhile. You need to talk to your enemies. You need to talk to the people who can help resolve problems. And that's exactly what the current Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, is looking and hoping for as well. I'm happy that the two leaders of two very important countries are continuing to meet. Uh, and if that meeting takes place in Washington, I think it's all, all, all to the good. Um, those conversations are incredibly important. And proving once again that another dose of Donald Trump whiplash is always in the making. The Trump who said Monday that in just hours he had already improved the relationship with Russia. Well, by week's end, he now says this. Getting along with President Putin, getting along with Russia is a positive, not a negative. Now, with that being said, 
If that doesn't work out, I'll be the worst enemy he's ever had. The worst he's ever had. In keeping with our theme of surprises today, this may be the least surprising of them all this week. Donald Trump took one more presidential norm, tore it up, and threw it out the window. This time, the long-held practice of presidents saying absolutely nothing about actions by the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is the government body in charge of setting benchmark interest rates in the United States that impact a whole slew of things of many different types of consumer debt. The Fed is supposed to, is set up to be independent from political influence, which is why this made so much news today. I, I put a very good man in the Fed. I don't necessarily agree with it because he's raising interest rates. I'm not saying that I agree with it, and I don't Real necessarily agree too. with it. I yeah. must tell you, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I'm not thrilled uh, because, you know, we go up, and every time you go up, they want to raise rates again. And I don't really, uh, I am not happy about it. Uh, but at the same time, I'm letting them do what they feel is best. The president didn't stop there, continuing his complete break from well-established White House policy, taking to Twitter to criticize the Fed once again with this one. The U.S. is raising rates while the dollar is getting stronger and stronger with each passing day taking away our big competitive edge and also saying debt coming due and we are raising rates. Really? A former economic advisor to the Trump campaign who talks to the president quite often explained it this way. How did Donald Trump make his money? He's a real estate guy, right? He does real yeah. estate investing. Real estate people love low interest rates, right? So he, I think he looks at the world in that prism of, of trying to keep rates low. He basically said he, he, he likes Powell. As you said, Powell, who is the, C, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, is independent. Uh, I don't think he's probably going to influence his decisions by, based on what Donald Trump said. So surprise, don't ever be surprised. Donald Trump doesn't care about any of that. Now, I'm just saying the same thing that I would have said as a private citizen. So somebody would say, oh, maybe you shouldn't say that as a president. I couldn't care less what they say because my views haven't changed. Your view may not have changed, but after a week like this, the more important question may be, has the view of the American public changed? For old time's sake, say it with me now. Stand by to stand by on that one. And while you're standing there, let's get the very latest on what is on the, the, this tape from Michael Cohen. CNN's MJ Lee is here with that. MJ, what does this all mean? Well, Kate, I can officially report that I have never wanted to hear the contents and see the transcript of a phone call between two people more than today, more than <laughs> I do right now. Uh, what we know right now is that there was a discussion between Michael Cohen and Donald Trump shortly before the election, and they were discussing a potential payment to Karen McDougal. This is the woman who claims that she had a longtime affair with Donald Trump some years ago. Uh, now, Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump's lawyer, insists that this payment that they were discussing at the time was not old ultimately made. Uh, as we know, the payment that was made to Karen McDougal was from AMI. This is the parent company of the National Enquirer, which basically bought the rights to her story of her affair with Donald Trump. And then that story never ran. Now, what CNN is also reporting uh, is that there are apparently other recordings of Donald Trump speaking to Michael Cohen. And there are recordings of Cohen speaking to other significant and important people. Now, all of these recordings are uh, starting to come to light because remember, the FBI raided Michael Cohen's home office and hotel room some while ago, and we know that they have taken a lot of information as a part of that raid. And as they're going through that, uh, this is one of the recordings that we are learning about today. Uh, now, Donald Trump is obviously not going to be happy about this news coming to light, and we are told that this was his reaction to learning about this. 
He said, I can't believe Michael would do this to me. Now, obviously, this is going to be an especially sore spot for Donald Trump because he is somebody who very much values uh, loyalty above all else. And the big question right now, of course, is what other recordings are there? Kate? Yes. Yes. And yes, MJ. Great to see you. Thank you so much. So still ahead for us. One side is mad. The other side says you're incompetent. It's not a marital spat, at least not yet. It's the relationship status of the White House and the U.S. intelligence chief. The panel weighs in next. Donald Trump's meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin has spawned a week of reversals and walkbacks and clarifications, and we still don't know what was or was not agreed to in that room. But despite the controversy, President Trump is already planning for round two. Are you surprised? Should you ever be anymore? Well, if you were, so is the intelligence chief. So join the club. The panel tonight, Ned Ryan is the CEO of American Majority Conservative Grassroots Group. Amy Parnes is a CNN political analyst and senior political correspondent at The Hill. Keith Boykin is a CNN political commentator and former Clinton White House aide. And Alice Stewart is a CNN political commentator, former communications director for Republican presidential candidate Ted Cruz. Hello, friends. Amy, after what happened in Helsinki happened. Whatever. Um, (laughs) uh, And everything that went down there and in return. The White House now says they want to have Putin to the White House. That seems in the same week unnecessarily risky to make the announcement. Right. For a guy who is so concerned all the time with optics and how this looks and how this looks. And Washington could not move on from this story. We've forgotten about the Supreme Court. We've, like, attached ourselves to the story. And yet, you know, he felt the need to actually announce this on the week when it was blowing up. And he had to come back and walk it back and... What is so funny then? No, it's the ultimate double down of, of I'm not going to be dissuaded from all these attacks. I'm going to go down this path. I, I know that some people are struggling. Obviously, I wish you would have said things a little bit differently in Helsinki. That's a whole other topic. But I think he's absolutely right to be going down this path with Putin to figure out how we actually come to some understanding moving forward. Because I want detente with Putin so we can focus on China. Uh, Alice, though... Um, this White House official told the Washington Post um, with regard to the surprise to Dan Coats, which may go down as my favorite piece of video I have seen so far in this administration. <laughs> Coats has gone rogue, is how they said it, to the Washington Post. But I'm, I'm just on the face of it. How was it that Coates wasn't informed? That's the great question here. This is a very difficult, complex situation here dealing with Vladimir Putin. The easiest thing for any administration or a campaign to do right is to be on message and everyone on the same team, everyone on board with what's going on. The fact that he wasn't informed of that, that's not on him. That is on this administration to make sure that he knows about this. And for for him to have found out in such a public way isn't a reflection on him. In my view, it's more of a reflection on this administration. That being said, Let's get all on the same page and let's make sure if he's going to do this again, let's make sure and let's do this right and make sure that now also we need to clue him in on what accomplishments uh, we're seeking out of this, what agreements were made and what we need to do to make, if there's a second meeting, make it more successful. And the, the, I don't know, you choose your own adventure. Do you want to talk about Coates or do you want to talk about Coates not being informed or the fact, the simple fact that Coates himself, days later, says he doesn't know what was discussed in that meeting. I think that's even more troubling. Here he is, he's the director of national intelligence, and he doesn't know what the president of the United States said in his private meeting with Vladimir Putin. 
five days, four days after the meeting. This was supposed to be a one-day summit. It's now become a five-day story of debacle. And unfortunately, you know, President uh, Obama hinted at this a few days ago when he was in South Africa. He said, today when liars are caught, meaning President Trump, in office, they just double down and lie some more. That's not helpful. And the idea of having a second summit is, is, is incre- incredibly problematic because it's going to happen just a few weeks before the midterm elections and a time when Russia is already trying to, to in, be involved in, in interfering in our elections. And the DNI has already said this. And Trump just doesn't seem to care. And here's one of the things talking about midterms. A lot of this is people are looking at how will this impact the elections being so close. Many Republicans we're talking to and many I've spoken with, they're saying close to the vest. They're not saying anything because Trump is popular in their district and they want to make sure well, that they don't say that anything. Well, if you look at the CBS poll, Republicans... Look at the Gallup poll. Well, I mean, even in the CBS poll, Republicans were very, 68% of them were very, very okay, approved of the president's exactly. performance in Helsinki. So Until now, I'm, a lot of them are getting calls. Their offices are being flooded with calls from constituents who now... Yesterday and today, they have a little heartburn about but this. Look at the But look at the Gallup poll from Wednesday. And again, we'll see what it looks like next week if they do the same poll. Less than 1% of people thought across party lines that Russia was a big deal. So I, I just, I feel like some of this, Trump is going down the right path. Could he be doing it better? Of course he could. Is he going down the right path? Absolutely. Is a big deal for voters in the midterm? No, not even close. And I also wonder... Um, is it okay to come out and say nothing was accomplished in this meeting? Because remember, Donald Trump said even going in that he just, it could be, I mean, just like with Kim Jong-un, I mean, lower expectations. It's just a meet and greet, wanted to say hi in person. Why, if there wasn't anything quote-unquote accomplished, why don't they just come out and, and say the accomplishment was we met and we're going to continue working? I'm still waiting for... There's literally no one saying what's come out. And I think it's absolutely fine to say this was nothing more than a meet and greet. Let's start this relationship to begin a process. That's how that's how you do this. But we don't know if there was any agreements with regard to uh, sanctions, lifting sanctions. We don't know if they talked about uh, sending Americans over to be investigated by Russians. I mean, these are problematic. We know they were discussing North Korea. We know that they were discussing how to counter terrorism together. Why is Dan Coates saying, I don't know, right? You know, like, why why are... Communications has never been the strongest point for this White House. <laughs> I feel like there's always like way more you're ready to say, and you're yeah. Not it's it's say something it. I'm going to reiterate what Alice said earlier <laughs> that I would love to see them get on the same page and be on the you know cohesive front on messaging on all fronts. And Which I'm not on. I'm not raising my expectations though because I don't think that's going to give me your take on this one though because um, we've seen with how Republicans dealt with this this week there was a huge flood of this was a disaster and how it went down their words and then. As the president cleaned it up, you know, we've talked about it all week. Whiplash, clean up, clarification, step mm-hmm. back and forth. Republicans seem to have seen a bit of, I don't know, an escape hatch and having to really go out in front and, and take on the head of the party mm-hmm. uh, head on um, with the clarification. So they seemed okay. But then you have a Republican like Will Hurd putting out a New York Times opinion piece saying, over the course of my career as an undercover officer of the CIA, I saw Russian intelligence manipulate many people. I never thought I would see the day when an American president would be one of them. Right. I mean, Wilhard's not retiring. That's like the unusual part about it. He is in a tough re-election yeah. race. Um, I it's you know in 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 a not a conservative district. So what what's going on here? And in the New York Times of all papers. Exactly. Um, I think that for the first time this week, I've heard from countless Republicans on the Hill who have had a problem with this, and they think it's problematic. And I think that's why you're seeing people like the congressman come out, because they feel a need, the need to sort of address it and say, and kind of distance themselves a little bit and say, this is not okay. We're not okay with this. 
And I've heard from more and more people. I think that's why people on the Hill are so thirsty for information, because even people in the administration don't know there are no readouts of what happened Mm -hmm. here. So a lot of people are saying, okay, let's bring, if not the interpreter, because, you know, she's protected, then um, let's bring in other administration officials to testify on what happened, because they should know. I'll just fancy you this. Come (laughs) September, I don't know if Vladimir Putin's going to get an invitation to come speak before a joint session of Congress. I'm just saying. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Coming up, everybody. This this week began with President Trump making nice with Vladimir Putin, ended with Trump threatening to become Putin's worst enemy. Oh, and there is now the second White House visit in the mix. So where do we go from here? And most importantly, who won this week? That's next. We had a tremendous meeting. We had, a, I think it was a very good press conference. I mean, I, except for the fake news, I really think I did very well at the press conference. That was President Trump this morning giving his take on how he thinks the week went. What does everybody else think? Let's find out. Alice, who won the week? You say Vladimir Putin and you say why. I say he got his moment in the spotlight on the world stage with President Trump. He, he certainly caused heartburn with members of NATO, which is exactly what he wants to do. He's caused everyone in America now realizes that uh, Russian, it, Russia was involved in uh, meddling in our election and the president is uh, hesitant to do something about it. And he's got another invitation to the White House. <laughs> you can't go wrong there. Not a standpoint. <laughs> Check. Done. I'm going have, on a weekend and taking my shirt off. I have, Not me. I'm talking about Vladimir Putin. Come on. I haven't, come on, I haven't come meddled on. in America elections and I've never gotten an invite to the White House. There <laughs> you go. Amy, wow, you say Putin, but why? Because he got him to admit Trump to say in front of the cameras to everyone, no, he didn't interfere. And, you know, and then also he got, he essentially won in, in the fact that he got um, what he wanted, you know, that he is coming back. He essentially had a private meeting with him. No one knows what happened inside the meeting. All of this points to a winner for him. <laughs> and I'm going to you last, Ned, because I know you want to talk so much. Keith, <laughs> you, why, how, how does Robert Mueller fall into this mix? What? 13 people were indicted last weekend. Um, talk about ancient history. <laughs> well, no, right, exactly. And then uh, Maria Butina this week. Uh, the, the, the complex analysis is that when you combine that with what took place in Russia and all the scandals that have taken place, it makes it that much easier for Robert Mueller to make his case against Trump and that much harder for Trump to say this is a witch hunt. The American people on both sides of the spectrum see now that Donald Trump is clearly a Russian agent and was involved in collusion during the election and is currently involved in collusion with Vladimir Putin. Ned Ryan, make your case, my friend, that what many see as Trump's worst week of his presidency is actually a week he won. If you'd asked me Tuesday, I would have said he lost. If you asked me this morning, I say he won. Tell me Um, why. And I say that because he has gotten to the point where I think I think Putin won the battle and will lose the war. He might have won the press conference. I think Trump's response to him again this morning in the interview that he did, he will be Putin's worst enemy if Putin will not accommodate his uh, demands and requests. And so you know, he's ridden through a rough week. Again, that poll showing most, most Americans simply don't care about this issue. And I think he actually won at NATO. I mean, I know that he ruffled a lot of feathers. Um, I think he put Merkel on notice. You're not going to give Putin billions of dollars of energy every year to then stick us with the defense bill. 
Um, so I think that there were actually some wins coming towards the end of the week. I'm amazed you can say all that with a straight face because it's completely not true. No, it is actually not, not true. Because you know what? true. And, you know and you're what? probably the only person in America along with except for the, the right people path. in the White House and you know what? That. Even though it's been a rough week for him, he is on the right path in regards to Putin. Nobody believes that. I totally believe that because the real threat to China and Christopher Wray agrees with me at the Aspen Security Conference. I will take the liberties of for once and for all on the who won the week. I'm going to have one as well. Who won the week this week? We all did and we all did it together. This is the final daily show of State of America, a two-year run, the temporary show that just wouldn't quit. It started as State of the Race. It became State of America. Remember that? It became State of America, and we all did it together. And for all the viewers out there, thank you so much for being with us all along this really wild roller coaster fun ride. So with that, that is the State of America tonight. This is day 547 of President Trump's administration. Today is our final daily version of State of America. We're taking on a new role here at CNN, a weekly show. A Friday night version of State of America will begin in September. Same fun, same great debates, different time, and in a weekly dose. We will see you back here, well, in September. Thanks, all. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.